So I, I, I just want to welcome Kim Iverson to the podcast. Uh, I mean, Kim, first and foremost, I just want to say that the that the show on YouTube is uh, is, is phenomenal, uh, and, and oh, I and I you. and I truly mean that. It's it's so professional, uh, the content, and of course the the whole cast. Um, it, it's it, I mean you're doing a really fantastic job, and and you can see that you're probably one of the, the fastest growing channels out there on YouTube. So um, good you. job on that. Thank you. Uh, and of course, thank, yeah, you. thank you for doing this too. I know you. I know you're very busy. Um, so on your on your show, you do a lot of um, you do some daily stuff. You know, daily news stuff, and of course, you do some interviews from time to time. Um, and I mean, we can we can go in any direction that you like. But the first question I want to ask you is is that you you had Tulsi Gabbard on the show. Yeah. And um, it was a great interview, by the way. Thank you. Is this the candidate that you feel is the strongest moving into 2020? Um, I I mean I like Tulsi the best. I, she's definitely my favorite candidate. Um, I I still do think she's a long shot candidate. I think Bernie Sanders has a much stronger shot when it comes to you know from a progressive standpoint. Um, you know, just being a realist, but. I would say that if Tulsi were to get the nomination, I do think that she would have the best shot at beating Trump. I think that she could pull in a lot of people from uh, the libertarian wing, a lot of Republicans that are not thrilled with the Republican Party. I also think that she would get all of the vote blue no matter who people because they vote blue no matter who. And, of course, she would get all of the progressives. So I do think that Tulsi would have the strongest shot. Maybe Andrew Yang would have a really strong shot as well for the same reason. I mean, anyone who can appeal to libertarians and uh, really disenfranchised Republicans would have the best shot as long as they also appeal to progressives. So they've got to be able to appeal to both groups. And that's a really unique person. You know, you're not going to get that in like a, a Joe Biden or Hickenlooper or, you know, these other candidates or uh, Klobuchar who, are, who do maybe appeal to those disenfranchised Republicans, but they have zero appeal with progressives. So... You know, like for me, I would never vote for Joe Biden. If he gets the nomination, I'm not voting for him. And if people think that that means that I'm throwing my vote away, then so be it. I, I don't I don't see it that way. But I do think people like Tulsi Gabbard and, like I said, maybe Andrew Yang would have the best shot at beating Donald Trump. Now, I, I, I'm not American, of course. I, I'm from Canada. But, you know, I mean, American politics is uh, is so uh, so popular. Uh, you know, in the world, everybody is always paying attention to American politics for for good reason. Um, now, I, I just and again, you know, Andrew Yang's got some great. Uh, he's got a great platform. So does uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, now, do you feel that because they have such a, a platform that appeals to, I would say, majority of the Americans uh, at this at this current time? But do you feel that the elections nowadays are about taking the party out, the worst party out, and perhaps putting a less, um, not as bad party in? Yeah, I mean, that's unfortunately where we're at, and that's a really bad place to be. And that's why, that's why for me, I won't vote for Joe Biden if he gets the nomination. I just won't do it. I'm not gaining democracy with maybe 30 years maybe less, there would be, I mean, it would, we would be on the brink, if not an actual revolution. Um, 
you know, and, I, and people kind of scoff at that a little bit, but it's like, you know, we're the only Western world at this, the only Western nation, maybe besides Canada, you guys, um, who haven't had a, a revolution, but we're still very young. And so we're kind of at that point where most of those nations do. And it's because of this. It's because of the, you know, the rich staying rich and the poor getting poorer and people just finally having enough and getting fed up. But, you know, yeah, I do think that that's really where politics, unfortunately, have just been in the last several cycles, which is just vote for the lesser of the two. And that's not going to work anymore. Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned about Canada. We, we have the same sort of problem here also. I mean, we, we don't have the two-party system. We have the three-party system. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, it's it's pretty much the same. Yeah, sure, you have guys that are, are more to the left, and then you have another party that's more to the right. But essentially, they really don't help the majority of Canadians. And that seems to be the same, obviously the same issue that's going on in the United States right now. It's, it's, uh, it's either you vote for the worst party in, uh, you know, party A or, or the even worser party than party B. Um, right. right. And, you know, uh, from my experiences, you know, uh, I mean, uh, I stopped voting altogether. And I just don't like when people come up to me and say, you know, you helped vote in the conservatives or whatever the case may be. And I was like, no, no, actually, you did that because you participated <laughs> in this crooked system. Um, Well, you know, and I don't like, I I hate that logic, you know, when people say, oh, well, you vote, you basically by not voting, you voted for that other person. And it's like, no, the people who voted for that person voted for that person. That's not the way it works. It's not, oh, if you don't vote, you voted for them. No, it's the people who voted for them voted for them. And, and, you know, so I don't understand, you know, where people kind of come up with that mentality, except they just think that it's a team mentality. And it's not real democracy when they think like that. But, but but of course, if you if you uh, if you look at the Obama administration and of course the Trump one, um, I mean it's 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 wars after wars, um, uh, more poverty. Uh, the rich are getting richer, and it, it doesn't matter who's in power. So just to go back right. to the voting thing, uh, if anything, they're voting in a crooked system, so that makes them crooks. I mean, does it does it not? I mean. If you're participating, if you're allowing these guys to continue with these failed policies that make only a few richer, then they're actually consenting to the crimes. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I agree with you. That's why I say if Biden gets the nomination, I'm not voting for him um, because I would rather withhold my vote. I think that's the power. The only power I have is my one vote. And what I choose to do with that one vote is, exercising my my right to democracy and if I choose to withhold the vote because I'm unsatisfied with both options with either option that to me is an exercise of democracy Um, people then say well then that means the other side wins or whatever but actually what happens is the opposite if let's say Joe Biden gets the nomination and Donald Trump wins again and people then come to me and blame me and say well because you wouldn't vote for Biden and look at you, you know, now you cause Trump. And I say, yeah, because my point, my part in the democracy of all of this is you need to lose in order for you to understand that you have to put up a better candidate. You have to give me a candidate that I'm inspired to vote for. And if you don't, then you potentially lose. That's the way it works. Right. I'm not going to just vote for you. No, I mean, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, if if the, if if there's a candidate out there that doesn't appeal to the, to 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 my vote, then I mean it's a no-brainer. I'm not going to vote for him entirely. And if there's someone right. out, if there's nobody 
you know, uh, if there's nobody like a Tulsi Gabbard or even an Andrew Yang, um, then uh, yeah, of course, Americans should not participate in the vote at all. And then they should they should send some sort of statement to the establishment and say, look, man, this is exactly. not working. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what it is. It's got to be that statement to the establishment. Now, you know, and I have like a threshold. There are certain candidates that I absolutely will not vote for. Um, and then there are candidates that they're not my favorite. I'm not thrilled, but I would still vote for them because I do agree with, I, I do think that they would make life better for me um, and that they wouldn't be contributing to the crumbling of our democracy. Elizabeth Warren is a candidate like that for me where, you know, I wouldn't be totally thrilled, but I wouldn't turn my back on her either. I would say, okay, you know, if she, if she ends up being the nominee, then I guess I, I do think that she, she is going to fight for the people. I think there's some glaring problems there, but not enough for me to say, no, I absolutely will not vote. Um, so, you know, I, I do have like a list where I say, okay, these are the ones that I will vote for, and then there's a bunch that I just absolutely won't. Now, uh, the last presidential election, we, we all know that Bernie Sanders pretty much got screwed by his own party. Yeah. And yeah. I had I had well, to... Not by his own party, remember. Now, that's the issue, is that okay. because he's always been an independent, uh, the Democratic Party, a lot of people within the Democratic Party felt like they had no loyalty to Bernie, and that because loyal, because Bernie had no loyalty to the party... I think that's a really flawed way of thinking. There should be no loyalty. Uh, the Democratic Party is not blood. It's not your family. You know, this is, it, it's a political organization. People forget about that. And there should be absolutely no loyalty to any party. But a lot of people had that mentality. So that's why Bernie Sanders got, quote, unquote, screwed, was because a lot of people felt like that he's not even a Democrat. And you're right. I mean, that doesn't really matter if you're a Democrat or not. The fact that there's... <laughs> You're hired in a way. You're voted in. That, you know that's a hiring, uh, I guess, method. Um, when you get voted in, you actually get hired by the constituents to to do a job that the constituents want you to do. So I mean, party affiliation means nothing. Um, right. I mean, ultimately, the people decided when the people were were really excited and and had a lot of energy for Bernie Sanders. The people decided that Bernie Sanders was a Democrat. Uh, now, the Democratic Party might have a different idea of what a Democrat is, but obviously the Democratic base has a whole different idea. And we, the Democratic base, although, you know, I can't really say myself because I've never been a registered Democrat and I refuse to at this point, but um, the voters decided that Bernie was the rep. Many, you know, and he definitely got screwed. So, I mean, I had Jared Beck on here a few a few weeks back and we were talking about the whole DNC lawsuit. Now, here's the here's the problem I have with Bernie. Again, the platform is amazing. Single payer, uh, a guaranteed jobs program. I mean, these are things that Americans need for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, the issue I have with uh, with Bernie Sanders, and maybe you do you do also, but uh, but I'm not sure, is the fact that when they approached Bernie Sanders about the corruption within that Democratic Party, regardless if he was an independent or not, he chose not to talk about it. In fact, he kind of deny that it actually happened now, as a voter or as someone that supported bernie sanders i mean did that did that anger you did that uh, you know did you feel or did you felt betrayed because i know some bernie voters or bernie supporters really felt betrayed and really got turned off yeah. the whole political system yeah there definitely were a lot of people i mean my dad is one of them he he's he was a huge bernie supporter my dad's a big progressive he's the one that really uh, brought me into the progressive movement, 
um, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, as they say. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, um, you know, so he definitely feels that way. I don't as much. I feel like Bernie Sanders, this time around, he's realizing this is his last shot. He is approaching 80 years old, and this is going to be it for him. And I think he's finally decided as he hits 80 years old, and that's a very long time in your life to finally make the decision to play politics. And, you know, I'm not going to blame him for that because if, in the end, playing politics wins and we end up with this, this man in office who's been truly fighting for the people since he was born, I mean, we could definitely trace it back to his late teens, early 20s when he was in college. We know what he's been doing. It's well documented. He has always been for the people. I don't think all of a sudden at 80 years old that's changed. I think that he's just said, you know what, this is my, my final hurrah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I possibly can. If you're a real true fighter for the people, you don't go down in principle. You decide, I'm really going to win. I have to win because, I have, because people are reliant on me to win. And if that means playing politics, if that means making nice, then that's what that means if in the end you win. So I don't actually blame him for it. I actually think it's a smart strategy. Um, I think it's annoying. There's, a, you know, a lot of times he says stuff and I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, because he's now really going heavy into identity politics, uh, heavier into, um, you know, like you said, playing nice with the Democratic establishment. He's doing a lot of that. And it does kind of make me a little nauseous, but I totally get it. And I think if in the end that wins the war, that's important. So. I'm yeah. not going to blame him too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because unfortunately, it, with, with the game of politics, I mean, it, you, you kind of have to go into places that you really don't want to go into. Um, yeah. But it just—I uh, mean, I don't know. I mean, I look at uh, at um, candidates like Tulsi and Andrew Yang again, who are for the people and have fantastic ideas. But I just feel that the political system itself is like a private membership. It's like a private club. And I mean, yes, you'll have these great ideas, but the fact of the matter is, is will they allow you to push these ideas? Will they actually allow you um, to get into Congress? I mean, only based on what happened to Bernie Sanders. So, I mean, that those are some of the things that that uh, you know that um, that I worry about, and, and not just in the states, but you know, everywhere in the world where there's a, a representative type democracy. Uh, to me, it, it just seems like it's it's been bought, it's been hijacked, and uh, it, it only. I, I mean, I feel like uh, as constituents, we have to ask for permission in order to get uh, you know things like uh, you know a single payer system, uh, like in the states, or uh, you know a uh, like a basic income or, or whatever it, it, it may be. It just seems like mm-hmm. as we as constituents who really make the country. Uh, have to ask for their permission. So, I mean, those are some of the the, the, the problems I uh, throughout my history, throughout my experience with politics. Um, all right. So, you you did some fantastic journalistic work on the Julian Assange. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. I watched a couple I of videos. My on channel. That. I just wish my channel weren't. Uh, you know, lately I haven't put out much content. I I kind of burned out a little bit. And I'm trying to, uh, I actually came up here to Idaho. You know, I live in Los Angeles. I came up here to Idaho to hang out with my dad. And I was raised by my father. 
since I was born, and um, uh, I came back up here where my dad is, and I was born and raised up here in Idaho, and I came up here to hang out with my dad to kind of catch a second wind, because if you didn't notice, but like in, I, so I, I started to slow down a little bit in April and May, definitely in May, I put out very little content. Um, I, I just kind of got a little bit demoralized somewhat by, I would put all of this effort into these videos like the Julian Assange videos or the Venezuela videos, and they would just get demonetized. I mean, I would put in like 40 hours of research just for those videos and, um, you know, full-time work to have them make very, very little return, and if any. I mean, they do, they, even when they demonetize, they still, they allow you to make a little bit, but it's, like, minimal. And um, so, yeah, you know, I, I do, I, I appreciate that so many people liked those videos and, and appreciated those, the work I put into it, and that, to me, is, you know, he, it's huge, but obviously that doesn't pay my bills. <laughs> so I'm trying to try to catch my second win and get back into that, you know, get back into the deep dive stuff. And there's just so many things I want to get into, like Iran. And, but I'm like, oh, you know, I know, I know what's going to happen. Like I'm going to do a video on Iran and on where terrorism is really rooted from because the United States is kind of blaming Iran, saying that they're the root of terrorism and that they're sponsoring terrorism, which is not really true. I mean, it's, it's not totally true. But it's like, okay, that video, once again, I'm going to put in all this work, and then it's going to be demonetized. You know? <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, Kim, so. all I could say is, look, you're doing a uh, – and I, I sincerely mean this. And, and I talk to a lot of, uh, of friends of mine who are big supporters of, of yours, and they tell me the same thing, they, that you're doing a, a fantastic job. I mean, you're more professional than mainstream news media is, honestly. Um, and I think there's a, there's a real hunger for people like Kim and Janice Corkamp and Vanessa Bealey and all these independent journalists who are, I mean, who are getting back to the roots of journalism and, and which is, you know, it's not about, uh, it's not about uh, partisan politics or about corporate narratives. It's about delivering the news based on the information that you gather. I mean, that's what journalism is all about. And you're doing a fantastic job about uh, on Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the, the whole Iran thing. Now, again, I go to YouTube. Uh, I, first of all, I don't watch mainstream news media. I gave up on that a long time ago because they're all bought and sold, I wish right? I could do that. I mean, I, I sit there and I watch it all. You know, I, I consume mostly CNN, MSNBC, and Fox because I need to know what they're talking about. And it's like, I wish I could just turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's the same over here with the CBC. I mean, I, I, I shut that off a long time ago, uh, again, because it's, it's biased, right? So I, I don't want to yes, right. watch anything that's biased. Um, but the Iran thing is, is kind of interesting that you bring that up. Um, look, I, there's, there's a, a few YouTubers that have actually visited Iran, and they want to go down there mm -hmm. to experience, experience it firsthand. Every single person that has actually gone down there, a few Americans and, and, a, and a few uh, people from the UK, I mean, they've all said the same thing. They said that this country is not a terrorist organization that the American media um, says it is. It's it, it's it's not true. The the people there are are highly educated. They're very, yeah, very yeah. they're very personable. They're they're very welcoming. I mean, they'll give you the shirt off their back. Literally, they they, they will. They're they're very hospitable. So uh, you know, um, I hope you do do that video on Iran because you're really going to surprise a lot of people. And it's not really the terrorist organization 
that a lot of uh, you know uh, mainstream news are um, you know basically branding it to be. So um, yeah, it's really it's really crazy that um, that that is what's going on. That people demonize Iran. I mean, I uh, I have many 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 friends from Iran. I I seem to have always attracted Iranians. <laughs> so I've had many friends. I have a lot of close friends from Iran. I you know it's. Um, yeah, I, they're, they're very Americanized. I mean, or I, w I shouldn't say Americanized, but I should say we share so much culturally. There's really not huge differences between Iranians and Americans and other parts of the world. Iranians are very Western, I guess. Like, and, and there is a reason for that. They have a history, a culture that was brought in that was very Western. And uh, my family, when they left Vietnam, actually settled in Iran for a little while, and I have family that was even born in Iran, and then uh, they, everybody migrated here to the United States. And you know, it, it, but really, even beyond just the people, because you're going to find good people everywhere you go in any nation, even the even the nations that I absolutely believe are sponsoring terrorism, like Saudi Arabia, you're going to find a lot of really great Saudis. And you're going to, you know, you go there, and you if you were to make a life there, you'd like it, you know, just like anywhere else, really. But the facts are the facts, and the facts are is that really there is one brand of Islam that creates all the terrorism in the world, and it's not coming out of Iran. It is actually the state-sponsored religion of Saudi Arabia. It's their, it's their sect of Islam. It's the Wahhabi Salafists, and people, I mean, it's, there's, no, there's no debate. There's no debate. <laughs> and the, the Iranian people don't practice that form of Islam. So this whole narrative of, oh, it's, it's Iran, and Iran is the problem, couldn't be further from the truth. Every organization that you can name that is a, that is a terrorist organization rooted out of Saudi Arabia. So I don't know how we're sitting here with a straight face trying to claim otherwise. But there's, of course, ulterior motives. There's issues. Iran is a strong nation. They're a very developed nation, and they're a threatening nation to the Saudis and to um, you know the people who are who have the Saudis' interests, which is unfortunately the United States. So, yeah, we're trying to pick a fight with Iran. We're trying to destabilize them and uh, crumble them, and it's all in the interest, really, of Saudi Arabia and Israel. I mean, you're bang it's, on. It's a scam. You're bang on 100 percent. And uh, I mean, they've been, they've been trying to provoke Iran into a war for God knows how many years. And let's not forget back in the I mean, 70s uh, when, uh, of course, America intervened in their elections yeah. and they overthrew. I, I forgot who I think they uh, Khomeini was installed. I'm not, I'm not even sure. I can't remember the history on that. But I do know that the Americans were involved. And ever since then, the Iranians said, look, we're sick and tired of the bullying coming out of the uh, imperialist America. Um, right, right. And going back to those videos that uh, some of those YouTubers that went to Iran to experience it firsthand, they were saying that there was two schools of thought over there. The, the younger people wanted to move forward. They wanted to mm -hmm. evolve. They wanted to be, they actually, they wanted to move abroad to experience other cultures and other nations. And then you had the old school, of course, that wanted everything to, to remain the same. Um, but I mean, they all pretty much the consensus there was that they loved American people, but they weren't yeah. too they weren't too happy with the American government for good reason. 
I mean, we, we're trying to provoke, look, this nation hasn't started a war in 250 years, and they don't want to pick any fights with anyone, but they, they keep getting right. prodded on a continuous basis. And it seems, uh, you know, I don't know what the consensus is, but it seems like, you know, there's some Americans that still feel that Saudi Arabia is not the terrorist organization that Iran is, but yet there's no public executions happening in Iran. They're happening no in kidding, Saudi right. on a daily basis. So uh, yeah. I, 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 it just perplexes me. Again, that's why people have to shut off uh, mainstream news media and start listening to people like Kim because Kim is delivering the actual uh, news. So, um, well, thank you. So, Kim, thank I, you. I want to I want to thank you for again doing this. I know you're extremely busy. Um, you do have the YouTube channel, which is Kim Iverson. Uh, yeah. So it's just if you go to like kimiversonshow.com, then that'll take you to the YouTube channel. So I have an interview right now uploading. I'm waiting on it. Unfortunately, because I'm in Idaho my internet here is for whatever reason it's not because I, I shouldn't say oh i'm in idaho and that's why because idaho doesn't have slow internet but <laughs> where my dad lives he just moved to a new place and he kind of lives out in the middle of uh, the woods on the river and the internet is super slow so i'm waiting for this interview to upload i did an interview with this um this guy named joshua collins he's a 25 year old truck driver and he is challenging a democratic incumbent in the state of washington who is a corporate bought out establishment dem and he's challenging them and so i've got this interview that's uploading right now but my internet says it's going to take like four hours oh wow <laughs> well you might I'm be there all like, night what am i going to well luckily you know when i i looked at it, and i said this is going to take four hours and my daddy goes well it's not like you have to be a hamster in the wheel running the whole time or anything he's like you can go do other things like, yeah okay, fine. <laughs> um also kim you, you do have a patreon uh page right I do, yeah. You know, and everybody, um, people have been so great, especially this last month in May, I, because I kind of burned out a little bit, and the videos I did do were so extensive. You know, like I did one on the Espionage Act and treason, and, um, you know, I went into that thinking, oh, this will only take me like three hours of research, three, four hours, and then I'll just pop out this video, no big deal, and it took like a whole week. Wow. <laughs> when I got it, yeah, once I start diving into things, sometimes things just get really, really intense, and that one, it just took forever, and so, um, uh, and it, of course, got demonetized, and I've just been so fortunate that I've had so many supporters on Patreon and through just um, PayPal that that this month because I got so many donations especially through PayPal just like one-time gifts that that really I mean it saved my ass I'm not gonna lie so that was really 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 nice um, but you know I'm, I'm trying to work out a system because I would like to eventually get the channel to a point where I don't need to accept donations at all that I've got a kind of a business model that functions in a way that doesn't re that doesn't rely on donations, but maybe it's more like a membership into something or whatever. If people want to do something like that, but that's kind of a, you know maybe a year out in the future before I can move to a model like that. But um, in the meantime, you know, yeah, it's been people supporters have been super super helpful, um, especially with the type of content I do. I'm trying to work work it out to a model where. You know, for every, like, Julian Assange or Iran or Venezuela video I do that's absolutely going to be demonetized, that I do several that don't get demonetized. <laughs> so I'm trying to, like, figure out, a like, a method to this madness where it's like, okay, for every 
X number, you know, for every one demonetized, how many, how many do I need to do that I know won't be, that are kind of like softer pieces, I guess. That's right. Um, but, you know, I, I'm really attracted to foreign policy. It's, it's what I've always been really interested in. As somebody who comes from a refugee family, my family are refu- they're refugees from Vietnam. Uh, like I said, they, they went to Iran first, and then they came here to the U.S. And um, I just always I, – I have a, a lot of military members in my family. I just am very interested in foreign policy, and that's always been my strength and my knowledge base. And so it's hard to stay away from it. But every time I go into it, you know, it's just so – it's crazy how people don't want to – you know, the, the establishment, the military-industrial complex, advertisers, whatever it is, they just don't want the truth out there. And it's like, why not, you know? The truth is the truth. It's glaring. I mean, it's – I'm, you know, and, I, and I, I appreciate you saying the journalist stuff, but I don't feel like I'm a journalist. Um, I, don't, I don't go on the ground – and interview people and really find the story. All I do is I just I just tell the truth for the stories that are already out there. Um, I mean, the stuff that CNN and MSNBC could be doing, it's not like they have to go digging that far. I mean, it's just flat out in front of your face, you know. I just actually show it. <laughs> well, you're more <laughs> of an investigational. You're 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 more of an investigator. You you go out there and you research, you investigate, uh, and then you bring back the information, which uh, believe it or not, a lot of people do appreciate. Uh, it's just the fact that you know uh, platforms like YouTube, Facebook, you know, they're so corporatized now that uh, right. anything that goes against their narrative right away, they're you know, I mean, you're going to get attacked. So so it's 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 an unfortunate thing. Um, but again, your Patreon and perhaps even a podcast channel could uh, could possibly help too. I mean, um, if you could possibly use all the all the the, the platforms out there um, to get your 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 message out, that would that would help a lot. Yeah, you know, and I do I do put the content on iTunes or and Google I think Google Play, so I do have audio versions out of all the shows. Um, yeah, it's just you know I'm only one person. Yes, and it's just really it's hard. not it's not easy. No, it's not easy. I mean I I, I like yeah. I I doing this. I don't do this because you know it's going to pay my bills. I just do this because I really enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, not only that, but it's it's really important to to kind of help each other out get get the real word out. Um, because again, there's a real hunger for it. Uh, a lot of people right. are, are turning right. off the the the, the mainstream uh, news networks and uh, they're turning more towards smaller, more uh, independent news media uh, outlets, right? Um, and you know what? Uh, it's that's that's the way it should go. I mean, in in the future, I think that's where it's going to head. So because again, pe- yeah. people want to hear people want to hear the the truth. As I mean, they want to hear the information that's not biased. It's it, there's no narratives behind it. Uh, they just want to hear the information, uh, and then I guess uh, you know they're going to make the the choice on their own right so but kim uh, again i thank you for doing this and and hopefully in the future perhaps maybe we can do this again yeah absolutely absolutely thank you for having me on it's an honor thank you kim thank you and check out kim on youtube she's got a uh, patreon page please support kim she's doing some great work thanks kim thank you thank you bye